Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your Super Bowl 57 betting preview, where we'll talk about our favorite bets for the season's biggest game. And of course, crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of best bets with the help of my co-host, Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky stuck you got one more game how you feeling good i'm ready for the the game to get here it's been uh, a hell of a season for the podcast and hopefully we can close out strong and we should have swept last i think you swept again we should have swept overall <laughs> yeah five but, hey Bengals. maybe if you threw it to pirine some more maybe you would have won and then we would have swept so anyway hopefully we can uh Close out strong here in the Super Bowl. And uh, oh, I want to plug something real quick. Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, if you're there for the Super Bowl, check out my Twitter at Stucky2. The Punch Bowl, Cleveland, Ohio. Cool spot. My fr- good friend lives. I, I go to Cleveland over here for the Ravens game, and people in our in action, they were like, hey, we need you to do this sponsored event. I was like, all right, where's it at? They're like, Cleveland. It ends up being like within walking distance of where I stay out of my friends. Free drinks, free food, free admission, just RSVP. Come sweat the games with me, and uh, we'll go out after. So that's where I'll be for the games. Hit me up if you're there. Yeah, uh, we'll get into the Sunday six-pack. Coming up this week on the podcast, we have the legendary Palooza episode with Kerner and myself. we got the Best Bets episode with Vegas Refund, Brandon Anderson, uh, and his crew. And we also welcome the return of our Friday UFC betting preview episodes starting this Friday, but let's jump right into our final Sunday six pack of the 2022-23 season featuring Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open 
the Sunday Six Pack. All right, you're going to have two game picks. So yep. let's just start with your two picks and that we'll use that to kind of talk through both the side and the total of this game and, and it will kind of go from there. All right, so for my first pick of the Super Bowl Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs plus one and a half. Um, I, I also took some money line here. And my reasoning is quite simple. I picture myself in 10 years not betting this game and looking back and saying, did I really not bet the greatest quarterback of all time as an underdog in the Super Bowl against Jalen Hurts? My answer to that question now will be no, because I did. <laughs> I think this is going to play out similar to the Cincinnati-Kansas City line. I remember we were, I was saying, like, look, if you want to bet the – the Chiefs bet them now when we were recording that podcast and I would wait on the Bengals. I think you're going to get more positive news uh, over the course of two weeks on the Chiefs injury situation. And it makes sense why the Eagles took early money after the injuries that the Chiefs suffered. But I think eventually, um, and there's some risk here because maybe everyone is just ends up being out. I don't think that's going to be the case, but we'll see. And ultimately, if you go, you know, over since Patrick Mahomes got in the league, when you need him to win a game, from from for a bet, it's the best bet in the NFL since he arrived, and he's eighteen six and one against the spread as an underdog or a favorite of three or less. That's seventy five percent, including the postseason. It's covered by an average of just under six points per game. Playing good, these are all against good teams. If Mahomes is an underdog or a favorite of three or less, you're playing elite teams. And look, you have the experience at quarterback advantage. I think a coaching advantage here, coaching staff advantage. We know Reed's success off of a bye week. And look, the Eagles are a great team and they have great personnel. And they'll have the advantage in the trenches on both sides. And but and, and their path was the easiest I've ever seen for a Super Bowl team. Both, they're mutually exclusive. You can be good and then your path can be a joke. So it's very hard to distill the sample size of like meaningful games that the Eagles played against quality competition is so limited. But I do think that look, Hertz has been a little iffy here. And I think the chiefs are going to say, and look, Spagnola will always have a great game plan in this situation. And they're, I think they're going to try and make Hertz similar to what the Niners did beat them in, in the pocket. And the Eagles offense was ugly and they got a ton of calls. And obviously the 49ers had, you know, all their, their quarterbacks get hurt, but Hertz was off on a, a couple throws he hasn't been running as much either. Maybe he's still hurt a little bit. I do think the Eagles are going to have success running the ball. But my biggest questions for this Eagles team is on the defensive end. Look, the defensive line is great. I think the Chiefs are going to neutralize that with some tempo. But the secondary, I do believe, is a bit overrated. What are the data points that we have with this Eagles defense against quality competition? Well, it certainly wasn't last week without a quarterback. Certainly not against the Giants without receivers. You got to go back to, I mean, they played the Jags before the Jags, but that was in weather like that. It, and that was before the Jags offense became who they were. You could go to Dallas indoors. I mean, what did Dak go? 24 of 24 against their zone <laughs> concepts. So they put up, what, 40 points. Rodgers, who got hurt in the game, uh, they put up 33. You got Maybe the their best offense that they faced all year was the Lions in week one who in a trailing state got into third into the thirties as well. So I think Mahomes and company, it doesn't it, like he's going to have Kelsey. They're going to have two weeks to scheme up a, a lot here. And 
the uncertainty maybe works in their favor. They're not over your line on one receiver anyway. Like they need Kelsey in there. The interior offensive line is great. Mahomes, we've said he's he's just going to get his regardless of who's in there. I think he's going to be he, he look. He has two more weeks from the last time we saw him. I think he's going to be mobile enough, and I think that this Philly defense can be attacked by elite offenses, which the Chiefs certainly are, and I think that they're going to get to 30-ish at least. Um, I think the Eagles are going to get to 24, which brings me to my second pick of the Super Bowl Sunday 6 I like the over, up to 50 and a half. That's it. I wouldn't play it at 51, which is a key number. And look, so I do think that my main reasoning here is I think the Chiefs' offense will be fine. I think the Eagles' defense is a tad overrated, and I think the Eagles' offense will still have success. I also think that both teams – are going to use tempo. Um, and these are two teams that can have a lot of success doing that. And I also think both teams are going to be uber aggressive on fourth downs. Uh, instead of, you know, hey, let's pass up this field goal. Let's go for it on fourth down. And I think you're going to see that throughout the game. And it's going to be competitive throughout. So I, I think that this, you know, if you give me a final, sc- final score prediction, I'm going to say 30 to 24. Chiefs win this game. I'm trusting Mahomes um, and and this staff to get it done. And I ultimately think they close as a favorite, assuming there's just not really bad injury news. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the easiest approach. You're not going to find a ton of value in the Super Bowl this time. Yeah, I mean, line markets are efficient, but I do think that with the injury concerns, um, and look, there's injury concerns with Hurts too who might be even more injured. And if you look at some of his numbers, that could be the case. But I'm back in Patrick as an underdog. If I go down in flames, so be it. Very comfortable with this play. That's my favorite bet of the Super Bowl is the Chiefs' money line and catching the points. All right, so, yeah, got a a few things here. Uh, First of all, in regard to the two defenses, I I thought uh, what was real interesting, you know, in, in my personal model, uh, you know, I'm projecting all the, all the player stats out as well, but it all starts with, obviously, you're going to make adjustments for each defense. And I, I schedule adjust the numbers, and I was surprised to see that the for yards per attempt, yards per pass attempt allowed, I have the Chiefs defense rated the same as the Eagles against uh, the league average quarterback. So, you know, that, that kind of surprised me. I think the Chiefs defense is a little bit, uh, underrated, or maybe it's that the Eagles defense is overrated, but uh, either way, I, I just thought that was something uh, that was interesting, but uh, as far as like, you know, the the matchups, I mean, how do you see, how do you foresee, like, what do you think the game plan is going to be uh, for both teams really coming out? Because I'm thinking, okay, Chiefs probably got to get the tight ends involved. You know, even if guys are healthy, I still think it's going to be tough, you know, going at slaying Bradbury all game. I think you can have more success uh, on the interior. And that seems to be the way a lot of these Chiefs games have been setting up lately. Uh, but just kind of, and then I also think you see more Pacheco. I, I think, I think he really starting to come on. I think that, you know, heavy formations, two, three tight ends on a field. Uh, I think that's kind of the Chiefs best bet, but curious as to what you think they're, how they're going to come out on offense. Yeah. I mean, I think that you're going to see number one, you're going to see more tempo. Number two, you're going to see more balance. So if you look at the, you know, the Eagles numbers, like, yeah, I do think that their pass defense is overrated. And even if you schedule adjust it, there's also some injuries in there, some weather, and it's very difficult just to get a handle of even when your schedule adjusted because they just played mm-hmm. so many bad offenses and quarterbacks and, it, and there was injuries like last week and I, it, it could go on and on. 
But I, yeah, I think that they're going to be able to run the ball. And, and I think Philly's defense is going to say, you're, you're going to have lighter boxes here. You're going to see the traditional, you know, Gannon defense, who, by the way, Mahomes last year ripped apart. Um, it, I think he had five touchdowns in the game and he, he just went bananas. And I think that they're going to, they're going to come out and you're going to see some good balance. You're going to see more. I mean, the Chiefs are the most pass heavy team in the NFL, I believe this year in neutral situations, maybe them with the Bills. But I think you'll see more running here to set up the pass. And I agree with the tight ends. And you're going to see a great script here too, um, which is going to for- – so I think that ultimately the Chiefs are going to jump out um, to a lead. You might see some more nerves on Hertz's side, but th- put the Eagles in a trailing state. It's just something that they haven't done often on – and especially on this stage. But I agree with you. I think you're going to see heavier formations – you're going to see more running. That's where the Eagles' defense is the softest um, to open up the pass. And uh, I think Mahomes is going to be Mahomes, as he always is. And on the other side, I think that the Chiefs are going to take uh, – like but they, the Chiefs' defense, it, it, the exception was the Bengals' receivers. But last week, they, they did a good enough job. But the Chiefs' defense under Spagnola generally does a really good job on outside receivers. Right. And they 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 just okay, if you have good receivers on the outside, they're gonna focus on taking them away. I think that might also mirror the uh game plan that the 49ers had. Like you, there was always someone spying Hertz when he was in the pocket, and the defensive ends were just doing a really good job of containing him in the pocket and making sure that he had to stay in the pocket and turned Hertz into a pocket passer, where that's not his strength, and especially if he's dealing with this injury, he's just not as accurate as he was and his efficiency has gone down. So I think the Eagles have to come out here and rely on their ground game to set up the pass kind of the opposite, kind of the same thing that the chiefs are going to do. And I think they will have success running the ball here. Like their offensive line is going to have a big advantage in the trenches. Um, And I think the chiefs are going to be focused on, all right, let's take away the outside receivers and then let's try and, you know, they're going to have some run blitzes. They're going to try and get them into third and long situations and then say, let's make Hurts beat us. Um, but I but I agree with you on the Chiefs offensive side. You're going to see more balance mixed with tempo as well, because I think what tempo does is it one of the strengths of that Eagles defense is their, their ability to rotate and just so many bodies on the defensive line. Um, so I, I think that using tempo here is going to, it's going to be a, a really successful formula. And you're just going to have so many unique design plays here with all, all there's, it just don't rely on any one piece. We don't know who's going to play, but I think that's going to work to their favor here um, with the element of surprise and then just getting even more creative. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think, you know, my thought about the chiefs too, is coming into this game, you know, that last Super Bowl they were in being that 31, nine loss to the bucks. I just feel like they're going to come in and say, we cannot lose the same way. And this is another defense that can get pressure. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's why that's just another reason why I think they'll go a little heavier uh, to your point. They could probably use some tempo. They, they just cannot, you know, just we've even though their line is a lot better than it was that year. Yeah, they, that line was a, a, a yeah. joke. But but I mean, we've seen, you know, that San Francisco line is not the not bad. And uh, they got completely ravaged to the point where both their quarterbacks got hurt in the first what was it, the first half. So, I think the Chiefs are going to look at that. I think the Chiefs are going to look at uh, that that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay and just say we can't lose the same way. And that that's kind of how they're going to think about uh, their game plan. Uh, yeah, you got and well. you got to they, they got to give help to the tackles here. That's the weak point. The interior is going to be fine for the Chiefs, and uh, I think a good 
a good comp, you could go to the 40, like the 49ers game with the Chiefs. Um, and look, if they, if we have ridiculous Mahomes, like he was in that 49ers game, like every once in a while he is just in a different shot. They're going to win this game by 20. Um, if he's just, you know, normal, good Mahomes, I think they're going to win by a touchdown. But that 49ers game, I think they can have a similar game plan here. Um, and then just go a little heavier with a little more balance um, because the, the Eagles run D is worse than the 49ers run defense. So, uh, yeah, I just, I'm ultimately trusting Mahomes. I'm trusting Reed here. And I'm trusting the fact that I do believe, based on my eye test and the numbers I'm looking at, the Eagles' pass defense is overrated. Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. And uh, the Chiefs are going to prevail. And it feels right that Mahomes would have get a second Super Bowl and the team from the AFC would win the Super Bowl this year that is much more battle-tested. But that's no disrespect to the Eagles. Like I, I think it's going to be 30-24. to 24. It wouldn't shock me the Eagles are 24-23. And then I and the Chiefs have the ball, and you know what? I would feel extremely confident that uh, Mahomes is going to go down the field and, and win the game. Yeah, and to your point about Hurts, and and we'll get into this uh, with one of my picks, but last uh, four games, yard per attempt: eight point five, six point five, six point four, four point eight. And I know they've had some leads in there and things like that, but it just seems like he's not quite right. Uh, as far as as throwing the football, he has two touchdowns and three interceptions. That AJ that Brown was a perf. That AJ Brown pass that he missed, that deep pass early, was a perfect example of like he was hitting those consistently early in the season. And his rushing numbers, right? His rushing numbers are going down mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, he hasn't been quite the same. He he did turn it on a little bit toward the end of that uh, San Francisco game, but you still haven't seen the same efficiency. From him, at, from him as a running that we've seen early in the year. So, yeah, I, I lean taking the points with the Chiefs. I, I do kind of lean under, though. I, I just think that the, because I, I think the Chiefs are going to be a little bit more run-heavy, to your point, at, at, than they usually would be and go a little heavier. And, and then the Eagles, like we know, like they're probably going to try to say, okay, we got to shorten the game. We don't want Mahomes, you know, out there, even though we trust our defense. So, I I was kind of leaning under. I thought, you know, if it gets to 51, I was going to hit the under. Uh, so interested to hear uh, your take on that. And I, 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 also, like, what do you what do you think of uh, the ref in this spot? You know, a lot of talk about Cheffers. And it's interesting because he calls uh, a ton of penalties. But yet you see his games tend to go under, which usually when you, uh, you got a lot of penalties, it ends up kind of benefiting the offense more. But Cheffers 11 and 1 under. Uh, in the postseason, yeah, I I don't like. I mean, the last time Sheffers ref the Super Bowl, I think he had ten penalties on the yeah, called ten yep. penalties on the Chiefs. Uh, but that was, I mean, their offensive line was a disaster. Um, yeah, I I there, it just inc- increases the variance. So I don't like when Sheffers does games. So whatever, we'll see. I, I usually don't like when he's um, a road ref either. But um, yeah, I mean, you could see. The, both of these teams go a little run heavier, but I, I think that you're also going to see both teams go a little faster and then also be a little more aggressive than they normally are. So I think that that balances it out. But to your point, I wouldn't play over 51. So 50 and a half was my kind of my breaking point on how I see this game playing out. And I guess before we get to all of your props, I, the I'll just give out my third pick of the Sunday six back. And that's just, I'm going Jake Elliott under seven and a half kicker points. I guess this is kind of, I guess it's kind of a, a hedge. Like I, if they're, if the chiefs are holding the Eagles to just field goals all day, then fine. I probably am good with my chiefs bet, 
But I think that number one, this number's a bit a bit too high. Number two, the Eagles, I think, are going to be really aggressive. Number three, I think they're going to score touchdowns instead of field goals. I think both teams are going to be able to score touchdowns instead of field goals, which is why I like the over. But the Eagles have been one of the most aggressive teams all year on fourth downs. They'll even try and you know get you to jump to go for two to go for two from the one, so they can just sneak it, which is free money for them. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they just decide, you know, say they score first, go up six and up, they go for two right away just to be like, hey, we're setting the tone. That's kind of the mo of this coaching staff. And I think when you're playing the Chiefs, you have to even have that, you have to even elevate that mentality even more. So I think they're going to be super aggressive throughout the game. So the opportunities for kicks um, might not be as plentiful. So my prediction was, what did I say, 30 to 24, which would, you know, put them at six points. I think this is just a little too high. I think the line should be like under seven, minus 110, minus 115. So I think you can find under seven and a half out there for minus 115 still. So, and then also the Chiefs have some potential regression. Like no one missed a kick. And this is a reason to bet it, but no one missed a kick against the wall. No one missed an extra point. And teams went like 93% from on field goals. The average is 85% and then 94 for extra points. So maybe they're due to have a missed kick. And Jake Elliott is one of the only two kickers to miss an extra point since 1990. So, yeah, and I like the Chiefs to win. Um, and I think you're just going to see more touchdowns and field goals, fourth down aggressiveness, and then you could even see some two-point conversions in here. So uh, I like under seven and a half kicker points in a really fascinating special teams battle. Chiefs special teams struggled this year. But I think Bucker will be fine. He's looked good in the playoffs. He has the experience. The Chiefs punting is elite. And the biggest question, their return game is awful. So their punt returns, their kick returns have been bad. I think you're going to see a ton of fair catches on punt returns, maybe even kicks too. But the Chiefs punting, I mean, Townsend was one of the best all year. So if one team is punting, just if one team's punting this game, then it it doesn't matter, right? So it would be a disaster for them anyway because the other team's probably scoring. If both teams are punting, and it's a defensive battle, the Chiefs could have a pretty significant advantage as far as field position is concerned. Townsend was number one in the NFL in net punting. The Eagles were close to the bottom of the league, one of the worst punting teams in the NFL. Now, Kern last week was a disaster. Sippos will probably be back, but he wasn't great. So the punting for Philadelphia, if it becomes a field position punting game, that could make a difference. And then Boston Scott is a kick returner. He's been really good in that role. I think he'd be he would be in the top five if he qualified. So he's probably the most likely to maybe break a game changing play on special teams. Other than that, I think it's probably a wash. Um, and then you'll see more aggressiveness throughout on both teams. Chiefs win in a game that gets to you know the low fifties, low to mid fifties. That's my two cents and most of my thoughts on the game. Yeah. All right. I'll give out mine, then I'll guess I'll go in order of my favorite. Uh, let's start with Jarek McKinnon, longest rush under nine and a half yards. I show value on nine and a half, uh, under nine and a half to minus 170, and under eight and a half even to minus 119. Uh, he's gone under nine and a half in 15 of 19 games. He's only had five runs of 10 or more yards on his 88 carries this season. That's just Uh, 5.7%. So that means on average, he would need about eight upwards of eight carries just to have a 50, 50 shot at, you know, going over nine and a half in in any given game. He's averaging only 4.6 carries this year. His median is four. And 
they tried to go back to what they did last postseason uh, against the Jaguars uh, in that first game because last postseason, McKinnon had double-digit carries every game. So they give him 11 carries. He only gets 25 yards. And so they completely abandoned that last game and just go back to Pacheco uh, is the lead back. McKinnon is the pass down back. Uh, and Pacheco actually cut into McKinnon's pass snaps as well. But McKinnon just hasn't been effective all year. He had that one big run, uh, the walk-off against the Texans. Since then, 24 carries, 43 yards, 1.8 yards per carry, and a long of seven uh, in his last five games. Meanwhile, over that same exact span, running behind the same offensive line against defenses who probably are more are expecting to run more. Uh, Pacheco has 53 carries, 274 yards, 5.2 yards per carry and a couple of touchdowns. So Pacheco has just been the better runner and uh, started to flash in the past game as well. So I think you're actually going to see a lot of Pacheco and McKinnon's probably going to be used mostly uh, as a pass protector. And he'll obviously get, you know, his routes in, but I just don't think you're going to see another one of these big McKinnon carry games. And that's good. So then it's going to be really hard for him uh, to, to get an explosive run uh, when he's got only five, 188 totes all year. So uh, that is my favorite. And that kind of also aligns with my thought that the Chiefs are going to go a little heavier. Now, if you're going two, three tight end, more often than not, you're going to have Pacheco in the game instead of uh, McKinnon. Yeah, I think McKinnon probably be heavily used. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to have a, a really good screen game here in this game. But I would agree with you that my one concern would have been, hey, do we not trust the rookie um, in a big game, but just that would have been the AFC championship game, right? Yeah. So if you didn't have that thought process in the AFC championship, you're not going to have it here. So yeah, I think that was a really good sign. Um, and you can kind of parallel the what's going to happen as far as those splits. So love it. And yeah, I didn't realize that that was how small of a percentage of carries he had of, of, of that. Well, that's great. Only 5%. Of yeah, five. man. He's a, he just hasn't been great. I mean, he, I think it's been overshadowed by all the touchdowns he's getting in the receiving game. He's been great there, but yeah, it's just, it just hasn't worked for them this year as a runner, which is interesting because that's how they ended the playoffs last year. It was just, it was like, oh, yeah, we're just going to use this guy as a running back after we really didn't use him all year in that role. So, um, yeah, I think the market's too high on him. But uh, my second prop is for the Super Bowl 57 Sunday six pack presented by FanDuel. Uh, I'm going with Quez Watkins under one and a half receptions. Uh, shop around. Uh, I show value on this. Uh, Anything under 180, but minus 180, that is. But uh, I've seen it anywhere from 130 to 160 uh, on the market. Uh, it, it's an under, so it's a chance it continues to go up. We still are about a week out from the game. So I uh, wouldn't necessarily say jump on all of these unders immediately, but you can kind of watch, uh, watch where the lines are going, check the action app. Uh, if it looks like it, it's just getting more and more juiced up, you probably want to jump on it. But I, I see. I say this every week. Different player with and without Dallas Goddard in the lineup. Without Goddard, uh, he had five games, averaging nearly five targets a game, over three and a half catches per game, a seventy-five percent catch rate uh, because he's running high percentage routes. Just a, an eight out of seven point eight for his average depth of target, uh, and then he is getting targeted nineteen percent of the time on a per route basis. And then with Dallas Goddard in the lineup, 14 games, averaging 1.1 catches, median of a half. Uh, he has got one or fewer catches in nine of those 14, 
games and his eight out is 12.2. And because he's getting, you know, running lower percentage routes, he's been targeted under 9% of the time per route. So I do think this is a game where maybe they finally hook up on a deep ball or something like that, which is why I'm not going back to the well with the yardage dropping for the third straight week. But I do think volume wise, uh, he's not in a good spot to get multiple catches because again, his catch rate drops to about 58% with Goddard in the lineup and his snaps in the passing game have actually been decreasing. And I've been talking about this for a few weeks, but in the playoffs, he's run 21 routes. Zach Pascal has run 20, uh, 27% route participation a couple of weeks ago. And then it rebounded the next game to 52%, but that's still well below his regular season average, which was 64%. So they just seem a lot more hesitant to use him in in the pass game. And maybe that's because, you know, they rather just have, you know, Pascal on the on the field because he's a run blocker and they don't feel like they're giving up much in the pass game because Watkins has only caught three of his last 11 targets. And as I mentioned, he's doing almost nothing when got, when they have Goddard. So they, they're probably just like, hey, you know, we can afford to take this guy out and uh, and just throw Pascal in there, even though he's not really a threat either. So just a lot of things kind of contributing to why I like this quest under this week we're going receptions uh, instead of yards though. And yeah, I mean, I, you're the the Quez Watkins under King. Uh, <laughs> so who am I? Who am I to question? And yeah, we we need that. This is the the cherry on top for the trifecta of the Quez Watkins unders and playoffs. So yeah, I'll be I'll be joining you there. How about your third? So my third is more of a a straight up numbers play, but you know I, I was looking at this and I feel like there's a narrative, and yet the numbers don't necessarily back it up. So the narrative is like, okay, you know, the totals moving up. Uh, this is the worst defense, uh, one of the worst defenses of the four that the, that the Eagles are facing in the conference of the four final four teams. And, you know, it's like, okay, the Eagles haven't trailed much. Now they're only favored by point, point and a half, so they could be throwing more. But I'm going under Jalen Hurts passing yards at, at 246 and a half. And I have this closer to 235 for a median because – Hertz doesn't necessarily follow like the normal quarterback uh, game scripts where, okay, when the game is close, he throws more and, you know, in blowouts, his, his numbers are low. All five, he's only gone over in five games. Every other game, 243 or less. And in those five games, only one of them was a close game. It was the 25-20 game uh, against Chicago where he threw for over 300. All the other games that he's thrown for a ton of yardage and gone over this number have been blowouts. And, you know, that really, so that doesn't kind of line up with the, with the narrative here. You mentioned it, the shoulder. I still don't know if it's hundred uh, percent, you know, obviously he will have two weeks, but his numbers have been trending down uh, really for the second half of the season. He's averaging just 7.2 yards in attempt already mentioned how he's trended down over the last four games in that category. Uh, so this is one where, they could be losing. He could go under. They could be winning. He could go under. Uh, I just think the number's too high. And I think the Eagles, as they've done every other game, they're still going to come out uh, and try to run the football. And the thing about these teams is, even though, yes, they could go tempo, they could go faster, but both of these teams are used to kind of, because their offense is so good, they're used to kind of controlling the ball and you know, winning that time of possession battle. Well, now they're going up against each other. So, uh, you know, something has to give here. So you could actually see, you know, a few fewer plays 
uh, for each team, just because uh, they they're usually kind of on the on the on the positive side of that. So I, I like this. Uh, I like this Jalen Hurts under at two forty six and a half. Uh, I think it's about ten yards uh, too high. Yep, I would agree with you there. So Stuck is going with the Kansas City Chiefs plus one and a half, the over fifty and a half, and Jake Elliott under seven and a half. Kicking points, I'm going with Jarek McKinnon under nine and a half for his longest rush. Quez Watkins under one and a half receptions and Jalen Hurts under 246 and a half passing yards. And, and I should mention regarding that Hurts prop, Kansas City defense, to, to your point, held Burrow to 270 on 41 attempts, 6.6 yards for an attempt. And then the game before that, Trevor Lawrence just 217 on 39 attempts, that was just 5.6 yards in attempts. So in this postseason, they've been holding these quarterbacks under their season averages in losing efforts for those quarterbacks. So uh, just another. And that was with three rookies last week, and I, I expect Snead to be back from concussion protocol yep. in time for the Super Bowl. All right, so yeah, let's uh, let's close it out real quick with one final coaches pep talk uh, for the season. This week's coaches pep talk comes to us from Wilford Brimley in the 1981 film absence of malice and uh we're dedicating it to all of the listeners yeah let's dedicate to everyone out there that is just uh there's just so much uncertainty about the health of receivers the quarterbacks and we're really not going to know for sure until five minutes into the game so this goes out to uh us and all of you who are uh just in the cloud of uncertainty one final time this season Come sundown, there's going to be two things true that ain't true now. One is that the United States is going to know what in the good Christ is going on around here. And the other is I'm going to have somebody's ass in my briefcase. As far as early bets, everyone wants to bet the first touchdown. I prefer any time touchdown. And just to get back back to my bets, I mean, I think that the Chiefs are going to have a, a, a just flawless game plan, come out here. They're going to take a lead early. By the way, this whole Eagles team, everything about them, they're front runners, right? Like they're elite front runners, their pass rush, their ability to run the ball. And most of the time this year, they have the lead. So if the Chiefs are jump out, I think that's a big advantage here. But if Mahomes is behind, I'm not too worried. But that leads me to believe I would look at a Chief for the first touchdown. But I prefer anytime touchdown. I'll let you make the case here. Jody Fort's. Jody right? Ford. We we have to love. bet him anytime touchdown, right? Love this guy for anytime touchdown. So the case for him is pretty simple. When this guy catches a pass, it usually goes for a touchdown. Uh, 29% of his career catches have gone for touchdown. This year, 38% of his targets have come inside the 10. Not even the red zone, but inside the 10. And he's running about eight routes per game about a 20% route participation rate, which is pretty good for a third tight end, especially when you consider that it's a third tight end on a team with the greatest quarterback uh, on the planet right now and on a team that's generally more pass heavy than the league average. So Jody Fortson is that he just came back. And you have wide receiver injuries too. Yeah, yeah. And you have wide receiver injuries. And I think, you know, it's a bigger prop market for the Super Bowl, right? So, you know, I, you know, some like sometimes we give out a prop on this podcast and it just moves to a point where you can't even bet it anymore. I don't think that'll be the case with with, with things like this because uh, the market's so big. And but mm-hmm. maybe he goes a little under the radar just because he just came back last last game for the NFC 
uh, for, excuse me, for the AFC championship, he was out for about a month, a little over a month, I believe, uh, prior to that. And Blake Bell was actually filling in as that number three tight end. But Blake Bell was inactive uh, in Fortson's return. Uh, so I'm expecting that to be the case, barring just a bunch of wide receiver injuries. And they decided to just, bring, uh, you know, bring up four tight ends. And if I will say this, too. If you see the inactives come out on Super Bowl Sunday, a couple hours before the game, and they have four tight ends active, they have Fortson and Bell active, that that would scare me a little bit off the over because then I would be like, okay, the Chiefs really are about to commit to this like heavy game plan. Yep. So that that is something to kind of watch. Um, That's but, fair. Yeah. Yeah, Fortson, yeah, I love it. The, for the pride of Valdosta State. And yeah, I think – and also just think about it. Like I think the, the Chiefs are going to have – just a flawless script early. And part of that's going to be, Hey, we're if the first time they're near the end zone, where are all the eyes going to be? It's going to be on Travis Kelsey. You have a second tight end in there, a little misdirection. You could see him end up being wide open um, with all the eyes on Kelsey. Cause that's where all the attention be, is going to be for the Eagles dedicated to. So I love that. I love Fortson. Uh, Kelsey anytime touchdown, as you say, is never a, a bad bet. Um, could Kelsey, from an MVP perspective, it's very hard for me to see Mahomes not winning it if the Chiefs win. I mean, maybe Kelsey Titans ever won it, but Kelsey's basically a receiver. But they have so many different wide receiver options, so many different running back options. It's hard for me. The Eagles, maybe I could you could make a case for someone other than the quarterback. Um, any thoughts on MVP? Yeah, so I actually I, – I approach it a little bit differently. Um, I tried – because I'm not – usually betting these markets on a normal week as, as people that follow me probably realize whether it be anytime touchdown or, or MVP, but I do think the MVP market, you know, it's the last game. So I kind of try to take, okay, put myself in the mind of somebody who's, you know, following us, looking for some, looking for an edge and, and just how, how would you bet this to kind of have fun, take advantage of the fact that it's the last time you're going to be able to bet football and still make you know plus ev bets that give yourself a good chance to profit so i kind of do it like this i look at it like okay you have a guy like jalen hurts he's plus 130 on FanDuel, right that's overpriced if you just look at the fact that okay about 70 percent of the time quarterbacks will win it uh, if you go go back over the last 15 or so years you divide that in half it's a close game about 35 percent chance true odds probably should be closer to 170 180 um, if you think the Eagles are more likely to win the game, maybe you get down to 150, 140. Uh, but 130 is probably a little bit high. But still value. I, I, yes, because Jalen Hurts, Mahomes at 130 each. No one else is below 16 to 1. So what you can do, Hurts is the most likely. Same thing goes for Mahomes if you think the Chiefs are going to win. But if you think Hurts is the most likely, for example, uh, if you think the Eagles are more likely to win, a guy like Jalen Hurts, he's the most likely player to win. You're getting him at plus money. And A.J. Brown, 18 to 1. Devontae Smith, 31 to 1. Miles Sanders, 25 to 1. You you can take both. Have, right. You can have uh, and, and we have the etching network hedging calculator where you can literally calculate this. Uh the optimal amount that let's say you put a hundred on Hertz, the optimal amount to put on a guy like AJ Brown and still profit if either of them win. And guess what? It's not a lot. If you put $100 on Hertz at plus 130 on FanDuel, at 18 to 1 for AJ Brown, all you need to do is put another 12 bucks on AJ Brown, uh, and you're locking in about uh, over $100 profit 
uh, if either of them wins. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean either of them will win, but it's just w- once you roster hurts, it's very cheap to also account for alternate scenarios where hurts, uh, where the Eagles win, but the most likely player hurts doesn't win the MVP. So this and the same thing is true for Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey's 16 to 1. Mahomes is plus 130. You could just bet both of them. That can be your 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 portfolio. You can even throw a third guy in there and uh you know you yeah or you can take it you know if you really like a, a you want to get wild and just root for a crazy low scoring game and then just one defender to have like a, a, mm-hmm. a pick six and you could do that too. Um so yeah uh, I agree that's a, a pretty good way to approach it. Um and I think if you like the Eagles, then it's even more like I, I think there's just a small, there's a just a a hair better chance that someone other than Hurts wins it if the Eagles win than Mahomes. Um, just because it's it, it's narr- it's narrative, right? Like even when Damian Williams his game, like well, he didn't win it, and he had 130 yards, two touchdowns, a game winning touchdown. Like it's still Mahomes. Like Mahomes' name carries so much weight that in order for like Kelsey to win it, what he what is he going to need? 17 I- catches. But I would actually disagree because guess what? If Kelsey were to win it, he'd be go, he'd he'd have beaten his All Pro brother. Mahomes already has one. Like I think if this is like the one time where Travis Kelsey probably has the narrative on his side. Like he's going up you against think? his brother. Everyone's everyone's kind of talking about that, and th- th- you have this one game where the Eagles have an elite group of corners on the outside. You have at this point no receivers. Like you just know uh, Valdez Scant was going to get locked up after he puts up 117 uh, the week before or the game before, I should say. Like, so I actually think the circumstances for Kelsey, like the environment is probably better than any, at least than the other two Super Bowls that he's played in. So I don't, I don't, um, I don't mind any, any, I mean, but I mean, if you like Kelsey, I mean, anytime touchdown is probably still the way to go. He scored in 11 of his past 14 postseason games. He scored in each of his past five postseason games, seven of his past eight postseason games. Uh, all this dude does is score touchdowns in the playoffs, but because all he does is do that. Now you're talking about like his anytime touchdown is minus 125. Uh He's had 90, 90 plus yards in six of his last seven playoff games. If he gets 90 plus yards and a touchdown, uh, this Eagles defense is pretty good. So Mahomes, you know, they it could be a game where Mahomes throws one touchdown. It's to Kelsey. He throws for like 260 yards. Maybe there's a turnover involved. Maybe Pacheco has a good game, but you're not going to go Pacheco over Kelsey unless Pacheco goes bonkers. Uh, like you said, Williams didn't get it. So I think I, I do see some scenarios Especially because, like I said, Mahomes has his already, uh, and this, there's this whole all the talk is Kelsey versus Kelsey. So I, I do think, and he might have like some celebration cooked up for if he does get in the end zone. Like I, I do think there's a lot of like this is I, I, especially at sixteen to one. I mean, Cooper Cup for for context, Cooper Cup, you know, as kind of that alpha dog receiver. Obviously, Chase was involved as well, but Cooper Cup is is that alpha receiver in that Super Bowl was six to one last year. Kelsey is 16 to one. Is there that big a difference in terms of, okay, this guy can put up, you know, a hundred plus and, and a touchdown or even two. I, I don't think so. So I, I, I like the value here at Kelsey. Now he could go down as the, as the week progresses, but 16 to one on FanDuel is, is an amazing price. I think for, for Kelsey MVP. Only other thing I wanted to bring up was um, Kerner. You guys are going to have your prop blues. I'm sure you'll yep. talk about this more. You'll talk specifically about, um Sanders, but Sanders like plus 175 to 
be the leading rusher. That's all right. You're already down to like 135. So oh, <laughs> we'll see. yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. I like Sanders props in general. I think he's going to have a big yeah. game, but you guys will cover more of that. Um, and that's about all I had. Yeah. Um, let me see. Do I have anything else? Oh, just talk real quick. Um, some of the general uh, trends for like, you know, Super Bowl. I think you've mentioned this before. Usually we see kind of like a, a, a uneventful first quarter. And then I know both of these teams are really good in the second quarter uh, at scoring. So, I mean, if you're one of those people that likes to bet, you know, over-unders or the race to whatever. Yeah, first quarter unders are like yeah, uh, unbelievable in Super Bowls. You come out, teams are a little more conservative. I don't think that might that's going to be the case here. It's not the Eagles MO and the chiefs have been here before. And I think that they want to jump out, but historically it's very slow starting with a lot of nerves. It's like long pregame. Um, and then it really opens up uh, late. So if that does indeed happen, um, look for a live over. Mm-hmm. If you like the over and you're just a little hesitant now and want a better number of like something under 48. Um, if there is a slow start as there's been, historically over and over again in the Super Bowl, um, then you can probably get a much better number if that trend holds. Uh, so, yeah, the slow starts are have been uh, happening very often in the Super Bowls. Yeah, so, like, what you can do really is if you like the over, you can try to bank on a slow start. Maybe you also bank uh, play the first quarter under, but you can, you can kind of look to add to your position with – a you know getting a live over maybe after the first quarter ends or you know as it's kind of going downhill slow paced or or just slow starting and then both the eagles and the chiefs are top three in scoring in the second quarter and then so then you could kind of that then you're kind of looking better and then if you like the for anyone who likes the under you know you could you might have another opportunity to get a better number because there's a you know eagles average 12 and uh, 12.4 a game in the second in quarter and the chiefs 10.1. Both of those are top three, only, only three teams average double digits. So it could, you could have like 27 points by halftime uh, and then, you know, hit the, hit the under then. And you might, you may get a better number than the 51, uh, even if it does close at 51. And then, you know, Kansas city's still good in the second half, 12.7 uh, fourth Philadelphia though, 10.6 15th. And a lot of that, they, they've kind of taken their foot off the gas in the second half, but you know, if Philly does have a lead, they're still going to try to run in the second half. Uh, if they don't, that probably means this game's not that high scoring to begin with, because uh, you know that would probably just mean the Chiefs have a, a lead if Philly's not uh, if Philly's ha- having to go past everything in the second half. So either way, just wanted to kind of throw those out there for people who might be looking to to, to go quarter by quarter. First half in general is eleven five and one to the under over the past uh, sixteen, averaging a differential of 3.8 points per game. Uh, the under first half under for the Super Bowl has hit in four in a row, six of the last seven, eight, two and one in the past 11. And the second half completely even nine and nine uh, over the past 18. Uh, those numbers courtesy of our, we've had some even insane fourth quarters, insane fourth quarters of the Super Bowl with like 28, 35 points. Yeah. Just keep that in mind as you're watching the game and have fun. This is the time where you can have a, it's the last football game. Don't bet over your head, but you want to throw in a few lotteries on first time. This is the only time I do it. First touchdown. Look here, listen to their, uh, the prop episode 
go to actionnetwork.com. We'll have tons of content that'll help guide you to when you're making those bets, like you said, make them a little more educated and plus EV decisions, but um, have fun with it. And hopefully this is the last podcast for me, last football podcast for me of the year. Appreciate everyone who listened to our big bets on campus. And then this, we had amazing years in both. You just absolutely crushed it on this. We just, we gave out winners all year. And that's what, you know, ultimately this is all about. So I'm glad that we could just help people make money and have fun while doing it. And I uh, appreciate everyone that's along for the ride every year. And uh, we'll be back. I'll be back again next year, hopefully better than ever. And uh, let's close the year out strong. I appreciate everyone who listens and spreads the word and all the audio team and video team on the back end. And uh, of course you, and uh, it was fun partner. Yes, sir. Always, always a pleasure stuck. And uh, yeah, shouts to our guy, Matt Mitchell, who uh, painstakingly produces every one of these and tells us to stop talking five or 10 minutes sooner each time because we're always going over. Uh, Did we make it? What was our time here? You said an hour. We're still, we're still going. We got, we got a couple minutes. We got a couple minutes right. left for the 55. We're going to be pretty close. <laughs> but uh, yeah, really appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, I'll still be here again. Kerner and I will have the Propapalooza episode uh, that will be out Tuesday. So uh, look out for that. Again, the early props episode with Kerner and I already out. Trivia episode with Stuck. Abrams and I already out. And uh, as you know, you can find Stucky on Twitter at Stucky2. You can find me at Chris Raybon. And we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow our bets or track your own. Until next time, let's get this money. Let's go, Pat. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.